Tamsin Vidal, and this is the Broadway Show Uncut. It's the podcast where this week we've got two conversations about two of Broadway's biggest revivals, Take Me Out and, of course, Funny Girl. Coming up in just a bit, Paul Wontor chats with 10-time Broadway vet Tova Feldshue. Over five decades in the theater, she's garnered acclaim, plus four Tony noms. She's back on stage playing Fanny Bryce's mom in Funny Girl. Stick around for that. But first, it's time to play ball. The revival of Take Me Out is back on Broadway for another limited run. It's the story of America's pastime and what happens when one of baseball's biggest stars comes out of the closet. Jesse Tyler Ferguson won a Tony Award earlier this year for his part in the play. And now he's back on the Broadway stage once again in Take Me Out. I caught up with Jesse to talk about all of it. Uh, well, first of all, I have to ask the question, what is it like going back into the show with a, a Tony sitting on your mantle? Oh my gosh, it's very, um, it's humbling, it's really exciting. You know, we, we closed the show the day before the Tony Awards, so we had a wonderful last performance, and then the next night we had this really successful night at the Tony Awards, we won Breast Revival, and I got to pick up a, an award as well, but then like we all just like sort of disappeared oh. into the night. And so I'm just really excited to sort of come back together and celebrate that. And um, I've seen certain cast members separately and everyone's just so excited to be a part of it. I, I, I'm really thrilled because the cast, you know, it's a great ensemble and we would not have won that best revival without the strength of every single one of those cast members. So, you know, it does feel like a, a group celebration. Well, I, and I love seeing it. And, but with a little extra for me. Yeah, <laughs> just get a little extra frosting on top. Um, you know, when you smile for somebody, I think you know, that's how everybody felt that night. Yeah. You know, uh, because it's exciting to see somebody that's worked really, really hard. You've been on Broadway. Uh, you've been in so many, you know, television. You've been so many places, but to see somebody um, so appreciative, I think that that's, yeah. that's what it felt like. Yeah, that, that, I mean, it was basically almost to the month, yeah. my 25th anniversary of being a member of Actors' Equity. So to be a part of that community and then to stand in front of them and be able to thank them for welcoming me in was really profound and meaningful. Yeah. What is it like going back on stage now with that Tony? I mean, I haven't been on yet, but like, I, I think that hopefully, you know, nothing will change. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it hopefully just, it, for me- You won't me, be carrying it out. I'm I assuming. will not be carrying out. It's actually not even in the city. It's in Los Angeles. Um, but in case I, there's a temptation. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had a lot of um, anxiety and uh, sort of imposter syndrome about doing this part just because Dennis O'Hare, who originated it 20 years ago, won a Tony Award for it and was so brilliant in it. And, you know, even up until like the last performance, I was like, I don't know if I'm like doing this character justice. I mean, it feels like I'm doing a good job, but to have that award, I just feel like it's a little bit of insurance that I, I, I created something valid and um, good. So I guess for me, hopefully I'll just relax. I was like, the same with Modern Family though. I was like, are we getting canceled? And like, you guys won five Emmy Awards. Like, you're fine. <laughs> I think it's so funny to hear you say that, because we all have it, right? We all mm -hmm. have imposter syndrome, though when you get to a certain level or you've done a, a, enough performing or whatever it is that you've done, people would assume that you just, I have complete confidence. And so yeah. I, I appreciate you saying that because I think that people relate to that, no matter what industry yeah. they're in. I, I don't think we ever feel completely comfortable, right? Because that, that's what makes us work so hard. I mean, I don't. I, I, I really admire the people that maybe do. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> or maybe they're them. lying, I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah. Throw the fake it till you make it, I guess. Yeah. But but I appreciate that. I, I think that does something though. Doesn't that make you come come with it every day? For sure. I mean, I've never stepped on stage without being nervous. And you know, even if I've done a, sh a show, I don't know how many times they had to take me out before, but it was it was you know we did quite a few performances, almost a hundred performances, and even at the very end, I was always nervous, always nervous. Mostly because Jesse Williams was a wild card. <laughs> now he's a great. <laughs> But he'd be the first to be, he's like, I don't know. We'll see what comes out today. We'll see what happens. Just follow my lead. Um, so let me ask you something. Are you surprised that this story is still so relevant after all these years of, of where we are today? Are you surprised it just, it yeah. really is, uh, it's so important. And, um, and I guess it's a message that I, I, I feel like not so much that people need, but I mean, it's a story that's so rele relevant after all this time. Yeah, you know, there, it felt like when this play first premiered 20 years ago, it was only a matter of time before there would be that type of representation right. by the LGBTQ community in um, in sports in such a big, important way. Right. Um, and that hasn't happened. And uh, I, I know from people who are friends of mine who are part of the LGBT community and are, are part of professional sports, they've told me, they exist. These people are out there, like yeah. you know, and it, yeah. it's just it's disappointing that we don't have that visibility because visibility yeah. is so important. It's so important to be able to recognize yourself and um, other people. It's one of the reasons I love doing Modern Family for so long. Um, but you know, we're also still dealing with homophobia and toxic masculinity, and there's just it's a lot of of the issues that you know are still very relevant today. Sometimes even more so. I know. I think it shocks me sometimes that uh, you know that there, that 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 still exists, and I, mm -hmm. I I think that that's the reason that this is so timely. Right. No, for sure. Um, so you know, you started working on this before the pandemic. Now uh, it's been it's been a long time. It's and been a, long a really <laughs> really long time. <laughs> it's been too. Um, what do you want to come out of this story in, the, in this next iteration in the next fourteen weeks? Well, I just, I, I want more people to see it. Yeah. You know, after we won the Tony Award, so many people came up to me and were like, I can't wait to see it. I'm like, That's it's great. closed. So now I'm happy that they have that opportunity. Um, I, there's so many people who are discovering this play for the first time and I want them to, you know, see this beautiful production that Scott Ellis directed. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I love doing work that means something. And so the fact that I get to ride this a little while longer, it, it felt like we had unfinished business with the play. We were really hitting a stride at the end of our run at second stage. So for me, I just want, I kind of want closure with the cast sure. because again, like the after the Tony Wars, when we just sort of like left, it just felt right. so anticlimactic to end that way. Like you wanted to get back together again. Get back together and like really right. celebrate. So this feels for us like a celebration. I feel like you work with family, modern family, yeah. but I feel like you really do work with family. Do you do you make it that way going in there as a lead and, and saying like, this is this is what it takes to succeed, that you know we have to be together like that. I mean, that cast felt yeah. like that, Tony Knight. Yeah, I mean, I I, um, I love being a part of an ensemble. Uh, I did a one-man show on Broadway, and it was a lot of fun, but I was like, I never want to do that again. <laughs> um, I love creating something with other people, uh, and I try to be a good leader. Um, I've never, you know, been, so to speak, like, number one on the call sheet, but, like, I try and bring that energy sure. of, like, you know, that leadership. Um, and, you know, I'm also just such a theater fan that 
Um, I, it's hard for me not to. Like, I'm the one that's always doing the group chats and like getting those started. And you know, I'm probably annoying to. They're like, Jesse needs to chill out. <laughs> He's a little too excited. I'm also now one of those people that's like, a lot of times, one of the older people in the right. company. I know. Um, I feel the same way. I'm like, wait, you know, when, did when, did that, when did that happen? What? I'm the, I'm the grown up. Yeah. I, I I know. Well, it's interesting though, right? To see that, and I'm, I um, but I do appreciate in theater. I, I feel like there's it's almost ageless in terms of you're working with so many different people all the time mm -hmm. from younger to older, right? And everybody yeah. just kind of, it's like a family. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know, it's, uh, it is such a community and there's people in this company that I've known for years. And there's sure. people that I've known just the, over the past few years. Um, there's uh, a new actor coming in, Bill Heck, who's replacing Patrick J. Adams, who's so wonderful in the original run, but can't do this because of scheduling issues. And um, Bill and I did Shakespeare in the Park together 12 years ago, so oh, I wow. get to like reunite with him. So it's this community has just always been so special, and it it, it really feels very small and very tight. And uh, I just I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Well, let's talk about you personally. I know you're going to be here during the winter time, so sorry about that, yes. but thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Broadway thanks you for that. Uh, how are you doing personally? What do you have going on? Um, I'm, we're actually, um, uh, a documentary that I produced, uh, Broadway Rising, about Broadway returning from COVID, uh, mm -hmm. is going to be coming out in December. We were Great. premiered at Tribeca Film Festival, and that's finally going to be coming out. So I'm going to be working a lot on that and getting that up and running. Um, and I'm also expecting a, a kid in the next, you know, few weeks, months-ish, um, you know, there's like a window. <laughs> Apparently like you, you know, there's a whole thing with the female body and the right, baby comes right. out when it comes out. I don't no. know. I don't know anything about that. I just, I would be we quite, tried we, to time it when out. When we did the first, uh, when we had our first son, we, we called it cribside pickup because that's what it felt like. Because everyone's doing the curbside pickup, so we, we called it cribside pickup. Um, so we have that on our plate as well. Um, How do you balance that? How do you balance dad with? I'm still figuring that out. Okay. Totally you haven't gotten a Tony out. for that yet. No, no, I haven't <laughs> I even nominated for out. a good dad yet. Uh, but you know, I have a great son who you know was so fun to be around during that that period of time. It was great to have that balance of coming home sure. and having something else to focus on. Uh, so it's it, you know we'll we'll see how the second one goes. It's going to be twice as <laughs> amount of work, but that's. Those are my big projects, yeah. I, that's a big project. I would say that's a big project. In addition to the play, I think it's a pretty big project. And it lasts longer than 14 weeks. I can, I can guarantee so that. So they say, yes. <laughs> so I've heard. Um, being a dad, does that change uh, how you are on stage, do you think? Or as it, are yourself as an actor? Has it given you different levels? I think it. I, I have access to emotion in a different way. Yeah. I gotta tell you, I went and saw the, um, the revival of Death of a Salesman a few nights ago, I went to the opening, and I've never seen that father. I've never seen that play as a father, mm -hmm. and it destroyed me. It just destroyed oh, wow. me. So, like, that's a perfect example of just how I think art affects me differently, just because I have this other person in my life that sure. I care so much about, uh, and I'm so surprised by every day. It also, I think, helps me unwind after a show when I know that I have some other job to do when I get home. Um, when I was younger, I would, I would, you know, live within a play. And, and be in that world to play 24 seven. I was just always thinking about it. Sure. And this, I have to turn it off and I have to focus on something else. I think that's really important, that balance. What keeps you so humble, Jesse? Yeah. What, what keeps you humble? <laughs> what keeps me humble? I think Beckett does, my son, for sure. Um, also, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I was just raised to, to be that way. And um, I don't know, am I humble? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've sat here with a lot of people. You are. I mean, I can be not humble too. <laughs> All right, you can do that too. I, I, just, I think though, when you bring that 
it's relatable to people and if people yeah. want to, uh, they want to cheer for you as, right. a, as a result of that. I, I really believe that. Yeah. Thank really you. That's that. sweet. Yeah, Thank you. I want to go back to your doc real fast because yeah. I think that that it has has to have its due. Mm -hmm. um, that was a really difficult time for everybody, yeah. for the world. Um, it was a really difficult time for the for the theater industry and for Broadway in particular, and actors that were mm -hmm. doing everything that they could to get their voice out there and and, and be heard and and pay their rent. And mm -hmm. um, but talk a little bit about the documentary. I'm curious how. how yeah, it's it's, um, it's directed by Amy Rice, who's a really brilliant documentarian who I've been a fan of for a very, very long time. And we've been looking for something to do together. And she called Justin and I in the early days of the pandemic and said, I want to do a documentary about Broadway coming back from COVID. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what we need to do then is it has to be about the entire community. It's yeah. not just the actors and the producers yeah. and the front facing people of this, this community. They're, it's about the doorman. It's about the people who are sewing the costumes. Yes. All these people's lost their, their jobs and are struggling. And um, so we, it, 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 you know, it's about the it's about the, the, the ensembles and like the the, the, the people. You, you, of course, Patty Lapone's could be fine, <laughs> you know, and, but it, and it's about her too. But of like course. you know, it's, there's, there's, this community is very very large. So um, I wanted to really highlight and showcase all these different That's people right. that make up this this community. And you know, it, it is very. Um, we do go into the COVID of it all, and sure. it's it, it's maybe a little triggering and PTSD. Sure. But you know, it's the comeback from that, and um, for those of those people who were around during those early days of Broadway returning, know that the, the joy and the elation of coming back and coming together and celebrating art again was just so, so palpable. And you know, that's how our documentary ends. That's and great. I mean, we all know the story of how Broadway got back, but it's really interesting, and I think. Uh, revealing it how like different people from these different communities uh, did it together. We, we all need each other to do this. Broadway does not operate from you know an actor and a, a director and a producer. Like we need these other people. It's, it's such a huge amount of people that make a show work. Congratulations. So, I'm looking thank forward you. to seeing that. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank yeah, you. You're wonderful. Now let's talk Funny Girl. It has reignited the excitement since Leah Michelle took over the role of Fanny Bryce. Paul Wontora caught up with a Tony-nominated actress who plays Fanny's mom, Tova Felchu. Check it out. Tova, I'm so happy to see you. There's a lot of excitement about you being back on Broadway in this role. Are you feeling that from people? I'm so grateful for it. I did not expect, I asked my director, do you think that I'll get entry applause. <laughs> there was this atom bomb explosion on September 6th, Tuesday, <laughs> when of course they welcomed Leah in a role that she should have played decades ago. Yeah. And uh, they welcomed me back to the stages that I have trod for 49 years, and in yeah. May it'll be 50 years. That's amazing. Over two-thirds of I my life. I believe this is your 10th Broadway show. It is my 10th Broadway You've show. You've also done so much off-Broadway and around the country and film and TV. And film and TV. But what does this mean to you, this moment and Everything. this role? Yeah. Everything. It's one of the privileges of being a senior citizen. You take nothing for granted, uh, not to be morbid, but once you bury both your parents and you realize that time in this body may not be eternal, that you appreciate every dawn. We, we live on Central Park West, and mm -hmm. we used to live on Riverside Drive where we saw every sunset. It ain't so bad to see every dawn when you're in the third act of your life. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love that. Likewise, uh, Daryl Roth, my dear friend for whom I have worked before in Arrhenius yeah. Vow and in Names and various, called months ago and said, 
would you have any interest in playing Rosie Bryce? I said, I'm not uninterested. And I went to see the show and negotiations started because wow. I was, and, uh, and who knew, you know, when you're doing a project, you don't know if it's going to be successful. You just know you want to tell the truth, be mm -hmm. authentic, have an experience and connect with other human beings on stage so that the audience can move into that. The audience is brilliant. When I teach, I say, if the audience is rustling their programs, something wrong is happening on stage. Mm -hmm. So we entered this process. Michael Mayer, our fabulous director, gave uh, Leah and I the opportunity to recreate the roles, not to replace. Right. It's very, very important. Now, we couldn't wreak havoc on sound and lights. Uh, there are certain blocking obligations that wanted to be met, and there were a few adjustments made to that, but they were not uh, you know, wholesale. However, in terms of interior beats and interior life, we were given great freedom. And uh, I was most grateful for it. And I, I, you know, once I changed my name from Terry Sue Felchu to Tova, and the state of Israel and the international Jewish community fell on my head, my perceived value changed. And uh, they figured uh, observant Jew, which I wasn't, um, a maven, an expert in Judaism, which I wasn't, and European, which I'm not. I was just a cheerleader at Quaker Ridge School, but I'm a very good student, very diligent. So I learned all about this world, and yeah. between Yentl being my first marquee and then Barbara Streisand making it the movie, we have been connected for mm -hmm. decades. And my father represented Sheldon Streisand, wow. and at Sheldon Streisand's daughter's wedding, Barbara came up to my father, Sidney Felchu, and said, thank you for your daughter. And she was very gracious about my work. And I will always remember that, her kindness to my parent. Um, in all events, it, it's, it's a fabulous gift, an unexpected explosion of a bountiful gift uh, for an artist to come to a show and feel so beloved mm. by an audience that's been with me for five decades. And uh, as I say to my daughter in act two, but a person wants to matter. And that's, that's how we feel on that stage, that this company, and I as an artist, and I as a mother, and I in this case as the first actress of the Jewish religion to play Rosie Bryce mm. in 60 right. years, right. between Kay Medford and the great Jane Lynch, that I'm bringing it home. I was born to play this role, unbeknownst to me, but I realized as I stepped into it, I said, oh my God, and my grandma Ada was a poker player. She wow. was busted with seals you're, so much in the You're just checking off all the boxes. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I love that. And, and I love that you're having this moment. And, it, and it's great that it's happening to you and Leah at the same time. It's just sort of a beautiful... And it was unexpected. I, you know, I was doing a series. I was doing two features. Yeah. I had all of two and a half weeks rehearsal. And to tell you that I work diligently is, is, uh, is an understatement. And also I tap dance. I want to give hope <laughs> to every senior citizen, you too. Can tap dance. With the great Jared Grimes, with the great, nominee. With the great Jared John. Grimes. What is Jared that Grimes. like? It's brilliant. And whenever I have a question between acts, he comes down to the stage in the darkness of the stage between acts. The audience is uh, buying their, uh, their candies and their sodas and whatever and the products and going to the ladies' room. It is the longest line, I understand, for the ladies' room in Christendom, in all <laughs> events, uh, or should I say in the Judeo-Christian world. In all <laughs> events, he goes over the steps with me, and uh, I have a fabulous uh, coach, Dre, and Ayudeli um, uh, Cassell are 
tap uh, experts, you know, our tap choreographer. They've been wonderful to me, very encouraging, and I felt I could do it, and you know what? I can do it. Mm -hmm. And I just get better. I love it. It's thrilling. It's like, you know, you paid your salary, you have your beautiful dressing room, mine is right between Fanny's and Nick. How lucky am I? We're on the same floor, Leah, myself, and Ramin. And it's like being paid to stay healthy. You know, like to stay healthy, stay fit, stay disciplined, um, take care of yourself. And, and one does. I, I'm from the old school. I, in 49 years, I have never missed one performance. That's Zero. amazing. Zero. There's wow. a, there has never been an unplanned absence on right. Broadway. Never. A planned absence from sure. my daughter's graduation. You deserve a vacation every right. once in a while. Right. Contraction. I guess I went on vacation for one thing. And um, there are certain planned absences. I will, I will be out of this show September 25th because of Rosh Hashanah, <laughs> and I'll be out for Yom Kippur because if I'm not out for Yom Kippur, somebody's going to come down and strike me dead with a lightning <laughs> bolt. You are a real theater person. I am. So you understand the importance of Funny Girl finally breathing life again on Broadway and giving opportunity to these amazing performers, including yourself. But can you sort of talk about that a little bit? And you also mentioned your connection to Streisand, the Streisand family. I love her. So what, what does this show mean to you, just as a theater fan, to have it back on Broadway? Well, first of all, I was in eighth or ninth grade when Mr. Erith, the head of the chorus at Scarsdale High, said, you have to see this show, children. I've just seen an extraordinary performer in a piece wow. called Funny Girl, and I went to see it, and I saw Barbara Streisand. You saw Streisand? Wow. I, yeah. At the Winter Garden. Iconic. I saw Streisand, and I remember Sidney Chaplin. I remember uh -huh. the role was not developed. All we saw, all we really saw was Barbara Streisand, and probably if they had a brain in their head, they cast her, fell mad for her, and kept writing for her because of, I think it is the greatest role written for a woman in the American musical theater, even greater than Mama Rose. It's not that Mama Rose isn't brilliant, but she shares it with Gypsy. Right. There's no share here. Correct, right. There's one, one center of the wheel, and that's Fanny Bryce. And if you fulfill the requirements of Fanny Bryce with the looming legend of Streisand, mm -hmm. you're gonna hit a Grand Slam home run. And that is what Leah Michelle does, and that's what Julie Banco does on Thursday nights. Mm -hmm. And God bless Harvey Firestein for uh, revisiting the script and giving Nikki Arnstein a very clear arc. Yeah. Uh, and Ramin is quite brilliant in it. And all of a sudden, Nikki Arnstein, Nikki Arnstein is salient. You, you see him. You see the passionate, ill-advised, marvelous, mm. um, unexpected love between Fanny and, uh, and Nikki. And it's very, very exciting for the audience. Um, he sends it out and Leah understands how to receive it and send it back. They're just two sexy people on that stage. <laughs> and it's wonderful, it's very exciting to the audience. Yeah. Julie Banco too, she, she has a marvelous chemistry with Ramin. And after all, Ramin has been valued. He's been with three, maybe four Fanny Bryce's within six months. I mean, this guy, I salute him because he's a, he's a real pro. He does, not only does his job, but he alters according to who's on mm -hmm. the stage with him. You know, we all have to be like water, not like steel. If you're gonna, if you're mm. gonna become a, a robot, you might as well not be live. You might as well just do. I love that, you have to be like water. I've never heard that before. Especially on Broadway in it's, 2022. It's why, it's why I teach. No, I, I uh, <laughs> yeah, you wanna, you wanna be like water. We, with, because of COVID, we have musical chairs with some of the players mm -hmm. and 
somebody's Mrs. Meeker is different than somebody else's Mrs. Meeker. And the idea is this, just like when I'm with you, Paul, it's probably a different interview than when I'm with another interviewer. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, otherwise, who are we? The biggest thing when I teach is that you don't have to get on a musical stage and go, the character does not know she or he is in a musical, mm. only the actor. So when the character can no longer speak, when they're overwhelmed, Curly comes out and the sun is rising in Oklahoma and he sees the wheat and he goes, oh, 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 what a beautiful morning. It comes from the experience. Mm. So likewise, that's what I try to do in this role as quickly and as deeply as possible. And I'm still excavating the role. I have two music stands with two scripts and two corks. I put a cork in my mouth so that my consonants are clear since they are the carriers of ideas, vowels, the carriers of emotion. And I work on that part. I work on that part till I'm effortless. So I'm still on the journey. You know what? I bet you would have killed us curly in Oklahoma, too. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's a new age. Toba felt you is curly. <laughs> Get me a horse. So it must be exciting after almost 50 years on Broadway to still be having moments like this. It's incredible, and the gratitude of aging, the gratitude that um, aging gives you that you can still do it. The yeah. fact that I can skip down those stairs, that I can pick up my whole body with my arms, these are um, fought for victories. These are, these are victories from discipline and push-ups, and it's not even a vanity, is that we wanna live the best thing, it's even called a rabbi's death. You wanna live, 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 and then boom, you don't want to go, lee, 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 lee. <laughs> so that's what I'm trying for. My mother, Lily, lived to over 103 years old, and I'm aiming for 104. So Broadway's going to be stuck with me for at least more than 30 more years. Broadway is not complaining. They are standing and cheering. Thank you. So great to see you, Toba. Great stuff, as always. Well, that's going to do it for this week's pod. Check out your local TV listings for The Broadway Show with Tamsin Fidel, airing each and every week. Until next time, you're listening to The Broadway Show Uncut. Uncut.